We're in Genesis chapter 2 tonight. Genesis chapter 2, is, this is our second installment of a new series called In the Beginning, uh, based on the book of Genesis, as we're going to go through it a chapter by a chapter. Last week, we saw the origin of the universe and of life here on planet Earth. But uh, this week, we'll continue into chapter 2, and we'll read verses 4 out of 7 as our text. But we'll look at the entire rest of the chapter as well. So if you're able, stand with me, and we'll read our text together, and then we'll pray. Genesis 2, getting in verse 4, down to verse a seven. This will at least introduce uh, what we'll be looking at this evening. Uh, if you would read with me out loud, Genesis 2, 4 through 7. These are the generations of the heavens and of the earth when they were created in the day that the Lord God made the heaven or the earth and the heavens and every plant of the field before it was in the earth, and every herb of the field before it grew. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain upon the earth, and there was not a man to till the ground. But there went up a mist from the earth and, and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Tonight we're going to look um, at perfection in paradise. Perfection in paradise. Let's pray. Lord, we ask tonight that you would help us to see all that you'd have us to see here in chapter 2 of the book of Genesis. I, I pray that you would uh, uh, continue to bless the entire service Help us to receive tonight what we need to receive, and then, Lord, help us to also give what you'd have us to give. Give to others. Be an, an, an encouragement as we're here together as the family of God. Lord, I, I give you thanks for this church and for the church family uh, that we have and the, the good spirit that we have amongst uh, the people. Lord, help me tonight to be the messenger that you'd have me to be, and I pray that I would uh, be completely by your Spirit. I ask this in the name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. The word Genesis means beginning, and this is a book, I'm actually many a first. We see amazing events uh, in the book of Genesis and very important people over the course of these 50 chapters, none of which is more significant than the first man, I mean the first woman. And we were introduced to that uh, to an extent in chapter 1, but here in chapter 2 we get some more uh, details. Uh, again, verse uh, 7 says, And the Lord God formed man out of the dust of the ground and 
breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. You know, God made man <laughs> different than all of the other uh, uh, creatures. And if, if, if you're very perceptive, I think you can see that. I mean, we do have some similarities with some of the creatures. Um, some have, have two legs and we have two legs and uh, some have two eyes. We have two eyes. They may have tongues and, and we have tongues. And, and, and so, you know, certainly there are similarities in, in the, the, the different creatures that God has made and including between some with the animal life and mankind. But yet, God made man... Uh, I mean, um, that's unique among all the other uh, creation. He gave man a living soul so that he could know God. Only man of all the creatures could have a relationship with God. Only man um, is a spiritual being. Your dog, your cat, no matter how attached you may be to those uh, creatures, no matter how much you may consider them a part of your family, uh, they're not a, a spiritual being. They, they don't have a, a soul like man has a soul. Uh, the Lord, uh, God made man uh, so wonderfully. Uh, the psalmist says in Psalm 139, verse 4, 14, I will praise thee, for I am fearfully, I'm not so wonderfully made. Genesis 2 reveals God's creation and provides more details for us in what God made and how he made it. So we're going to examine tonight perfection in paradise because it doesn't last after this chapter. Uh, 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 next time that we, we get back to this uh, a series, will be in chapter 3, and uh, by that time um, in, into chapter 3, perfection in paradise is gone. But tonight we're going to look at first... Uh, the planting, the planting uh, in verses 8 uh, 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 through 10. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put man whom he had uh, formed. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll first read just about the, the verse 8 there. But some of you have had gardens or you currently have a garden. Who has ever had a garden of some kind at your home or at some other place that you've helped take care of. Okay, a lot of you have had uh, some kind of garden. So you, you know how much work a garden uh, uh, takes. Well, it was the Lord who planted the very first uh, garden, and it was a magnificent garden. And it was the home uh, for Adam and also Eve for a, a short time. Now look at verse 9. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the side and good for food. 
and the tree of life, also in the midst of the garden, the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And a river went out of Eden to to water the garden, and from a fence it was parted, and it became into four heads. The the trees and the fruits looked good. It, It was pleasant to the eyes. And they tasted good. This was a a place of incredible beauty, a place untouched by sin. Now, a, a garden needs water. And here in Texas, over the course of this summer, we haven't had much water. Thankfully, we got some good rain this uh, past week and a little bit of rain uh, earlier, and that's helped. Uh, But but overall, we we still need more uh, rain. But a garden has to have water. And I know some of you have had that that challenge of of having uh, enough uh, water to uh, water what you have uh, planted. And the Lord provided uh, the water in the form of a river uh, to water the garden. So that was uh, the planting. We see next the purpose. Number two, the purpose. Verse 15, And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden uh, to dress it and to keep it. The Lord gave man a job to do. Um, it was a meaningful and a challenging job. Man wasn't made uh, just to sit around and do nothing, uh, to sit around in his recliner and watch TV uh, most of the day. Uh, no, that, that's not why God made us. Even in this perfect environment in the garden, there was work to be done. A work is not a dirty four-letter word. Now, yes, it is a four-letter word, in case you weren't sure about that. And yes, you may get dirty when you do different kinds of work, but work isn't a curse from God. It's a a, a blessing. It's a gift from God. It it gives man a purpose. It, It provides the opportunity for him to use the gifts and the abilities that God has given to him. So there is satisfaction in in working to provide for your family. There's satisfaction in growing a a garden and and having a a food that you can eat or or food that you can give to other people uh, to eat. I'm gonna think of like zucchini um, here in Texas. Um, It depends, of course, on the year, but there's, uh, there's many years that if you plant very, very much zucchini, you're going to get a lot more zucchini than you could possibly do anything with. And, 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 and people are trying to give away zucchini um, it, 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 uh, d- d- during those years when it comes in, in well. Uh, they, they, they bring it to church. They, they do anything they can to, to, to get this zucchini out because they can't eat it all. But there is that uh, satisfaction in accomplishing uh, something. 
Paul says in 2 Thessalonians, beginning in, uh, or in chapter 3, beginning in verse 10, This we commanded you that anyone who would not work, neither should. Uh, he eat, for we hear that there are some which walk among you disorderly, working not at all, but am our busybodies. Now, then that are such, we command and exhort by the Lord uh, Jesus Christ that with, uh, with quietness uh, they work and eat of their own bread. Uh, God's intention, Paul's command here, is for people to uh, uh, work. Now, we know there are certain people that are so disabled that they're not, not, not able to, to work to provide uh, for themselves, and certainly we should be concerned about uh, them and being a help to them. But we also know that there's many people in our society that are fully capable of doing work, maybe not all kinds of work, but there's certain work that they, they could do. And, and the problem is, is that it's easy to become, I'm a busybody in other people's business if you don't work. Uh, so be diligent uh, to quietly go to work so that you can feed yourself so that you can meet the needs of uh, your family and so that you can also give to the work of God and give to other people that are truly in need. Those who don't work have too much time on their hands. Um, I mean, they get in the trouble. How many today are into drugs? are into crime, are, are into doing things that they have no business doing because they don't work as they ought to work. You've heard it said that idle hands are the devil's workshop. So be active and be also productive, and that will help keep away some of the temptation uh, that you would face if you were not involved in those things. Uh, Romans 12, 11, um, it says, Not a slothful I'm in business, fervent in spirit, serving, the Lord. Don't be idle. Be busy in your work and in your ministry as well. Some have too much free time because they're not serving the Lord uh, with their gifts and their ability and their time as they should be. And then also Proverbs 14, 23, um, it says, In all thy labor there is profit. Work is a good thing. The Lord has a task for you to complete, no matter what stage of life you are in. God gave man a purpose. That purpose is not to be, to be just entertained. That purpose is not to be 
I'm a busybody in the church. I mean, it's not the gossip. It's not uh, to be idle, but it is uh, to work. Next is number three. Um, 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 the provision that we see here in our text. Verse 16, the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest freely eat. God provided for man. God gave man all that he needed there in the garden. He provided him all the food that he needed uh, to eat. God had the forethought to meet the needs of the people that he had made. And that really doesn't just include in the Garden of Eden, it, it includes all of us in our day. There were varieties of trees which provided plenty to eat. And the Lord feeds the birds and the animals. But we also know that he cares more uh, for you than he does for them. Let's, let's turn over to Matthew 6. Uh, hold your spot uh, there in Genesis chapter 2 as our text, but look over to Matthew chapter 6 as, as we see uh, some verses on this topic as well. Matthew 6, beginning in verse 25, um, it says, Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat or what ye shall a drink, nor yet for your body, what ye shall put on is not uh, the life. And more than meat and the body than raiment. Behold the fowls of the air, for they sow not, neither do they reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father... Feedeth them, are not ye much better than they? Are not you more important to God than the birds? Of course you are. Then look down a few verses here in Matthew 6, 31 and 32. Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, and what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? For after these things do the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knoweth that ye have need of all these things. Don't be so worried. Oh, what are we going to do? The bills are coming due, and we don't have a lot of, 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 of cash uh, left here at the end of the month. And well, what are we going to wear? What are we going to eat? What are we going to drink? The Lord knows your needs better than you know your needs. And it's um, as foolish for the child of God to worry about those things. So what should you do instead? Well, also in Matthew 6, verse 33, a verse maybe all of you know, but seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. All those things of food and drink and, and clothes. When you put the Lord first, he will meet your needs. And he can do a better job of meeting your needs than you could ever do. 
Philippians 4.19 says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Paul wrote that to those who had sacrificially given to the work of God. He says, don't worry, my God will supply all your need. When you put him first, he's going to take care of you. He's going to provide for your needs. Then number four we see, The prohibition, look at verse 17. The Lord is giving instruction here to Adam, but the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Uh, this here is the only prohibition that God gave to man in the garden. He didn't give them of the Ten Commandments. He didn't have a long list of them, of, of do's and, and don'ts. He simply told them not to eat of this one tree. There were all kinds of other trees throughout the garden, and they could eat of every one of those other trees. He simply told them not to eat of this one tree. God made I'm a wonderful variety of all kinds of delicious fruits for Adam and Eve to eat. They had a, a job to do there in the garden and, and taking a care of it and keeping it. They had plenty of eat and, and plenty to do, but with privilege comes responsibility. There was just one thing that they were commanded not to do. The Lord didn't force mankind to obey him. He gave them the choice. And each individual has a free will to choose whether to do right or to choose or to do what is wrong. God wants you to love him and to serve him by choice. You can choose to obey the Lord, or you can choose to disobey Him. With obedience comes blessings. Obedience would allow them to enjoy perfect fellowship with God in a perfect environment. That's what they already had, but it would continue. God's commandments are always good and they are always always oh, for our good as well. The Lord explains the choice and he explains the consequences. Death was to be the consequences for disobedience. For in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Ezekiel 18, 20, uh, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. Romans 6, 23, for the wages of sin is, audience, 
exactly death. God was very clear in his command, and he was clear in what would happen if his command was not obeyed. Adam shouldn't have been very surprised when his sin resulted in grave consequences, though I'm sure he did not realize how bad it would be. They immediately died spiritually when they sinned, and they began to die physically as soon as they sinned. Uh, they also lost their innocence, and they lost that wonderful fellowship that they enjoyed with God. Instead of being pure and clean, uh, they became dirty um, and also sinful. And then next we see here in Genesis chapter 2, number 5, The partner, the partner, verse 18, look there with me. And the Lord God said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make him and help me for him. It is good for man to have a partner in life. Now, he may be able to survive by himself, but it's not good for the man to be alone. God saw man's needs for a wife, and he determined to fulfill that need. The primary reason for uh, the world's, I mean, also uh, the devil's attack on marriage is that marriage was established by God himself. He ordained a marriage as a union between um, a man and a woman. The idea of, of marriage originated in the mind of God. God made the woman to be um, a help to the man. And if you know a man, you know that he needs all the help he can get. I mean, any of you wise want to say amen there? It's okay if you do. Because it's true. It doesn't matter who your, your husband is. Your, your husband needs all the help he can get. And a good wife completes her husband. She is able to help him where he is weak, and it goes the opposite direction as well. Uh, they form a partnership. Look at verses 19 and 20. And out of the ground the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air and brought them unto Adam to see what he would call them. And whatsoever Adam called every living creature, that was the name. Uh, thereof. And Adam gave names to all the cattle and to the fowl of the air and to every beast of the field. But for Adam, there was not found and help me for him. 
Uh, so Adam could see that God created a mates for all the animals, all the creatures that he named. And those were an awful lot of creatures, but there was no companion for him. The Lord revealed to Adam his need for human companionship. Now he could have some sort of companionship with a dog or with some other animal, but it wasn't the same. He needed human companionship. Look at the next two verses, 21 and 22. And the Lord God caused a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from man made he the woman, a woman, and brought her unto the man. So here God performs the first major surgery. Who in here has had major surgery done at some time in the past? At least half of you have. I'm, I'm kind of surprised that not more of you have had a major surgery done. But there was no hospital. There were, there were no nurses. Uh, there was no anesthesiologist to put Adam out. But, it, but God did cause that deep sleep to fall, fall upon him, thankfully. Uh, there was no a copay that Adam had to, to make before going into the surgery. And then there was no bill that came after the surgery. That was the best part of all. And it was Matthew Henry that said, and this, been, this has been quoted often, she was not made out of his head, had a rule over him, nor out of his feet, uh, to be trampled upon by him, uh, but out of his side, uh, to be his equal, and also under his arm, uh, to be also protected, and also near to his heart. Uh, to be I'm also beloved. God didn't make her inferior to the man. Her, her role is different than that of the man. It is true she is not the head of the home. That is a position that, that God gave to the husband. But she um, is not less than her husband. I note that the Lord brought her to the man. And I do believe that it's prudent to be, how to be patient and allow the Lord to bring to you your mate in his perfect time. We have some here today who didn't get married early in life, but it was, it was later. I mean, it was in your 30s when you were married for the first time. Uh, a time. And, and I know uh, as a young adult gets older and older, they get more concerned 
more desperate often about what, you know, who's, who they're going to find to marry. They're going to think all, all the good ones are already taken, you know, what's going on here. And they may get so desperate they make a mistake because they aren't, they aren't patient on, on God. Well, again, it was the Lord who brought Eve to Adam. Uh, don't be impatient. Instead, wait on the perfect timing of God. He knows what is best. And also happy is the couple that waits on the timing of the Lord. Look then at verse 23. And Adam said, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. Therefore, she, ca- she shall be called Whoa, man. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Because she was taken out of the man. Maybe no one has ever been so excited as Adam to wake up out of surgery. It it doesn't even say that that God explained to him what was was going to happen for him to go into surgery. It doesn't doesn't even say that that he even knew he was going into surgery. God just put him under a deep sleep and he had surgery and he wakes up and boy was he thrilled and delighted at what God had brought to him. Um, Adam, undisputably, married the prettiest and smartest girl in the world. She was made from him and also for him. And their honeymoon was in a truly perfect location. It didn't cost them anything. They didn't have to spend anything for this honeymoon. That, that, that was great in and of itself. And then I look at the next verse, 24. Therefore, this now is God speaking again. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. A marriage involves leaving and cleaving, to your new spouse. It is the beginning of a new family. The man is no longer under the control of his parents, but he's responsible for his new spouse and his new home. And this new relationship, of course, must be nurtured I'm mean, also protected. I was going to be fragile there, especially at the beginning. And of course, God reserves intimacy for the marriage relationship. God's a plan for a marriage um, is for one woman, or I'll say, for one man and one woman to be one flesh for one 
lifetime. Um, it's a union established by God, uh, but many today have also perverted uh, this holy union. Hebrews 13, verse uh, 4. The Lord says here, Marriage is honorable in all, and the bed undefiled, but whoremongers and adulterers. God will judge. So those who dishonor God's institution of marriage will not be unpunished. Then verse 25, and they were both naked, the man and his wife, and were not ashamed. There was no need for clothes or also reason for any shame in this, in this perfect climate-controlled environment. God created perfection in paradise. He planted a beautiful a garden for man, which gave him a purpose. There was work for him to do. And there's work for us to do. We need to be busy about the work that God has called us to do and busy in serving him. And God also provided for the needs that man had. He was fully aware that man needed a food and clothes and shelter just like you have those same needs. You don't really need to worry about those needs. What you and I need to do instead is seek first the kingdom of God. When we seek him first, he's promised to meet our needs. And then the Lord gave Adam just, just one prohibition, just one thing he couldn't do. But he's given us a, a Bible filled with uh, a commands, filled with do's and don'ts. And you will be blessed of God when you obey his commands, but you will have to deal with the consequences when you disobey those commands. You will not regret doing right. You will not regret keeping the commands of God. And then lastly, God, I'm also gracious, graciously brought a wife to the man. It was good that the man would not be alone. The Lord established the institution of, of marriage, and it was the first institution established here on this earth. She was to be man's help me. She completed him. And they were partners in life. Let's bow our heads. And as we have our invitation tonight, let me ask you a question or two. Who would say, Pastor Mike, pray for me to be the spouse that God wants me to be. Pastor Mike, pray for me. I, I truly desire to be the spouse, the husband or wife that God wants me to be. And I know I need, I need God's help 
to do that. Amen. 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 And then secondly, who would say, Pastor, pray for me. I have some other burden on my heart this evening. Anybody like that? I've got a burden on my heart. Yes, I see your hand. Anybody else? Pastor, pray for me. I have a burden. All right. Our Father, I pray for you tonight for uh, those of us who express that desire to be the spouse that you want us to be. And we know it's not easy. And we know it's difficult. And it was difficult for Adam and Eve when they left the garden after they sinned. So, Lord, I pray that you'd help us uh, to not rely on ourselves, but to rely on you in the power of God to, to be that husband or that wife that you've called us to be. Then, Lord, secondly, I pray for those who have a burden tonight. You know what that burden is. Uh, I pray that, that you would uh, meet that need in a special way. And then, Lord, there may be some other need tonight. I pray that you would uh, meet that as well. May we seek your face uh, during this invitation. May we examine our hearts. May we be sure that we are right with you. And we ask this all in, in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.